welcome to Old Swift X. Old Swift X. Uh, we're, 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 we're our number one priority, our mission, our raison d'etre uh, is not only to mangle French, but it's to, uh, it's to prevent people from having to read books. That's why we're here. We we believe that reading is the devil's devil's. It's it's bad. Uh, reading leads to impure thoughts. Oh, we do. Oh, raspy voice. Jonas has requested the raspy voice. This is the old. This is sort of aged Swift. Uh, in order to get a Swift to his finest vintage, to really bring out the flavor, you've got to store your Swift in a cool, dry cellar with adequate ventilation uh, and maybe some comic books for several uh, several decades, and then he'll bloom and blossom like a butterfly. Oh, actually, rather, you know those flowers? You know those special flowers from the Amazon that only flower once every 3,000 years, and they open, and they just smell like rotting meat? Um, that's the blooming of the Swift from out of the cellar uh, to, to, to greet a new... All right, but, but, but books... Books are the problem, is what I'm trying to say. Um, we don't want anyone to have to read books, especially these these Games of Thrones books, because they're so they're so long. They've got so many words, and every word is another step into the devil's playground. Uh, you know, so so the so 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 the reason why. Clash of Kings Abridged exists is is to save you from having to read books because because books lead you down a dark path uh like like books like like all right Hitler Mussolini uh uh who was the Chinese guy with the oh who was the Chinese guy the really the the Chinese guy who who did the the you know the the great leap and and the what was his name chairman mao all those blokes you know what they've got in common you know what every single one of them have in common well two things evil and literacy books it all started with the books uh pol pot very literate man books were his mojo jojo skeletor they were all about books, all about reading, and that's why they did their evil things. Uh, uh, Gargamel, uh, Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg, all, all uh, uh, the Hamburglar, all were inspired by the evil found in books. So to prevent another supervillain being born on the internet, we've just got to, we've got to prevent people reading books by abridging them. Instead, choose the path of light. Choose the path of goodness and wholesomeness. <laughs> choose Alt Swift X. <clears throat> so, the chapter we're reading today is Aya One: A Clash of Kings, uh, and uh, and this is a very different chapter to the one we did last episode. Last episode was a very was a very long episode, and it was a very dark 
sour, salty chapter about an old man brooding on his failures and his legacies and and just being very depressed and upset and all these sort of eldritch uh, undertones with patch face and then the, just the sort of sour, grim unpleasantness of Stannis and the and the ominous, fiery eyes of Melisandre. Um, all of that was a bit upsetting. Th- this chapter is very different. This chapter is much, much shorter. This chapter's only like th- four or five pages. Um, and this chapter is more about beginnings. The last chapter was sort of reflecting on an ending. It was the ending of Crescent's life. Um, but, but this chapter's about a new beginning, uh, of sorts. It's about the beginning of a journey. Arya Stark wants to return to her family. Uh, it's a long homecoming, a longer homecoming than she knows. In fact, she'll be on the road for rather longer than she expects. Uh, but this chapter really starts to set the tone for a lot of the themes of Aya's character. Uh, all, her, all of her identity confusion and disconnection, uh, her use of violence, um, her morality, um, her, her longing for home, and her constantly frustrated attempts to connect with people. All of the themes that define her character are really well sort of summarized in this chapter, I think. So, so, so we're going to explore that, uh, and you're not going to have to read a single word. Just say no to reading. Um, who, who was, it wasn't, it wasn't it Reagan's wife who led that whole campaign to just say no? Here at AltruifDex, we say no to books. They're full of Vashna Narada. They'll fucking give you hemorrhoids. Books are to be avoided at all costs. Well, paper cuts. Paper cuts are a serious occupational hazard. Do you know what the, what the daily death toll by paper cuts is? Libraries are fucking war zones. I went out with a librarian once. She had scars all up her bloody parts of... Like, she was... She looked like a checkerboard. She was, she'd been through some rough, bloody times. Librarians are tough, is all I'm trying to say, because books are the most dangerous objects in the world. Just say no. Uh, comic books are fine, as long as you're only looking at on, in the pictures. Prefer, ideally, only read foreign language comic books that you don't understand the words to. Um, hieroglyphics are sort of a grey area. Um... Uh, th- those ones are difficult. All right. Um, so that's correct, Mister Forty Four. The Ting does go shkra. I'm not sure what the context. <laughs> there's there's something really special about live stream comments. To, to, when you stare into the abyss of a live chat stream, it it stares back, and it's a worrisome thing. You know when the master stared into the pure, unfettered time vortex, and then he got the do 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 do. Stuck in his head, he just went insane when he gazed into the into the pit of the void of of. That's what a live stream, chat stream is because it's like it's like the it's like it's like looking into the collective consciousness of the internet. All of these anonymous uh, ids just sort of shouting into the binary ether of the tubes, and it's 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 a weird thing. These live chats. But I'm glad you're all here. 
So the chapter begins with Aya uh, getting another name. Aya gets a lot of names throughout her story. How many? Na- Help me out here. So there's Aya, there's Ari, there's Horseface, there's Lumpy Head, there's Lumpy Face, uh, there's um, there's Cat of the Canals, uh, there is Mercy, there is uh, uh, what are the other ones? There's so many of them. Uh, chuck them in the comments. Squab, yeah, it's a good one, Oyster. Aya has so many names. And Nan, yeah, that's, yeah, she's Nan at, at Harrenhal, Weasel, yeah. There's so many of them. And I think all these different names represent, like, the fracturing, like, the schizophrenic dismantlement. Yeah, Blind Beth, that's right, Stephanie. There's so many different names, and I think that represents her identity just, just sort of shattering and being eroded over time. Um... It's tragic seeing Aya get deconstructed. It's like the literary concept of like deconstructing, taking apart, looking at what something's made of. That's what Aya's like this Lego robot that we're taking her apart. And, and except the Lego robot's alive and it's really not enjoying the process of being dismembered. It's wow, that's a really dark metaphor, but that's sort of what it is. This is Aya the Lego robot being ripped apart and not having a good time at all but but we're seeing what the character is made of as part of her gradual s- s- incremental deconstruction i think is that it <clears throat> aya horseface they call her so aya is in king's landing uh king ned has been deheaded uh ned's lost his head um, vivisection for the win, says Jorvikson in the in the chat. Dear, dear me. Um, so, uh, so, so Aya's in King's Landing. She just witnessed the death of her father, and she realizes that she needs to flee because the Lannisters are trying to capture her to use her as a political tool. Aya is trying to escape King's Landing and return to her home in Winterfell. Winterfell's a long way, um, but luckily she's been well, sort of luckily she's been picked up by this bloke Yoren. Yoren is the recruiter for the Night's Watch. He's the bloke who picks up all of the scum of King's Landing and goes, yo, uh, you know what you'd like? Uh, food. You know what you don't have? Food. You know what the Night's Watch has? Food. So come and get some food. That's what it all comes down to. It's all, it's all, that's the recruitment 101, right? So that's what, that's who Yorin is. And Yorin has collected a bunch of prisoners and stragglers and, and scum and, and, and flotsam and jetsam, uh, and he's taking them to, the wall, but he promises to Aya that along the way, uh, he'll drop her off at Winterfell so that she can be home. She's a winner. He's a winner. Everyone's happy. Food. Um, uh, yeah, they are like the Boy Scouts, Jorvikson, I suppose, but, uh, rather more grimdark, I suppose. Um, so Aya has encountered these two, uh, upstanding gentlemen, uh, these noble recruits to the great institution of the Night's Watch, uh, Lommy Greenhands and Hot Pie. Um, and these two individuals are bullying Aya. Uh, she's the Lommy. Lommy is calling Aya Lumpy Head. Uh, but Aya is actually trying to pretend to be a boy uh, because, of course, the Night's Watch is only for boys and she's trying to blend into all of them. Um, so so she's taking on the great time-hallowed tradition of a girl dressing up and pretending to be a boy in order to get somewhere. Um, so traditionally, traditionally, 
that involves a, a, a binding of bosoms and a cutting of hair, like you know all the all the greats like Joan of Arc and Eowyn and and Mulan and and all of those women who disguise. Oh, monstrous regiment! Did you did you ever read that Discworld book? You know Discworld by Terry Pratchett. There's this great uh, novel called Monstrous Regiment where um where this girl dresses up as her brother and pretends to be a man and goes off to war to try and rescue um her her brother or whatever um and she finds that you know the whole war is sort of dysfunctional and weird and and, and she eventually learns one by one that every other member of her regiment is also a woman who's also for some reason or another disguised as a man to try and go uh on some heroic purpose or another uh, and and it also turns out that some of the like high ups in the army are also women, and it's women all the way down, so to speak. Um, uh, but but the point is, there's a pr- there's a long proud tradition of um, of of women dressing up as men, especially in wartime. Um, but the Game of Thrones version doesn't so much uh, emphasize the romantic uh, cutting of hair and binding of bosoms so much as the the pissing, Joran says. That'll be the hardest part. Don't drink too much, or someone will see you make your water in the woods, and then they'll and then people will realize that you're actually a girl. Um, yes, binding of bosoms not necessarily in this case, nor in the case of um, the monstrous regiment girl, if I remember correctly. Um, anyway. So Arya is disguising herself as a boy and she's going off to the Night's Watch and she's dealing with these two individuals, Lommy and Hot Pie. Page two. Uh, so they left King's Landing. They got through the gates because the Lannisters and the guards, they are looking for Arya, uh, but they're not looking for a ratty boy with his hair chopped off. Um, so they don't find Arya. Uh, and Arya leaves, uh, Arya leaves King's Landing thinking, man, I would not mind at all if King's Landing got fucking washed away. I hate King's Landing. I hate everyone in it. I wish it would just, I wish you, I wish the river would rise up and wash King's Landing away, which, which is a very popular sentiment, actually. No no one likes the capital. No one likes King's Landing. Um, Ares wanted to tear down King's Landing and build a gleaming white city out of marble somewhere else. And Cersei expresses an almost identical thought um, later on, uh, thinking that she'd like to bloody burn down King's Landing and build a new city somewhere else. Um Eddard is not a big fan of King's Landing, so everyone hates King's Landing, uh, and Arya is no exception. But she does remember that Sansa is someone I love. Sansa is in this city, and she hopes that she doesn't get washed away. Uh, well, she uh, she just thinks, well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't wash down King's Landing. Um, Arya has this funny relationship with Sansa, where sometimes she despises her, and sometimes she feels loyal to her, and it's it's a fraught relationship which was it was also fraught wasn't it in game of thrones season seven uh the whole sansa Arya relationship was kind of bizarre in the show um but um but we're not here to abridge that are we um so uh hot pie and lomi are getting up in Arya's grill uh, they are, they are really annoying. Oh, and we talk about, you know, the, the other Night's Watch recruits, um, who are pretty much the worst of the worst, thieves and poachers and rapers, and also a particular 
three, a particular three individuals who must have scared even Yorin because they are tied up hand and foot in the back of a wagon. Uh, Yorin found them in the black cells. And these three are, of course, Jack and Hagar, Rorge and Biter. And there is a bit of a whole mystery about how these three, especially Jacken, ended up in the black cells. We know that Jacken has all these like, like big, big important missions to go and infiltrate the Citadel and like steal a book and do all this, all this crazy shit. Um, we know that he's incredibly powerful and capable, able, able to switch skins at will and stuff. And so, like, how. How did Jacken get caught? What was he doing when Jacken got caught? How did he not escape on his own accord? Like, what, what is the backstory to to Jacken? That's a big uh, mystery. But, but yeah, it's a motley crew. Oyster in the chat summarizes these Night's Watch recruits as buggery specialists, bakers, biters, and the queerly noseless. Um, as opposed to the not queerly noseless. I've never met a non queerly noseless, but the the day is yet young. Um, uh, and yes, Billy, of course, this abridgment is short and concise. Here at Old Drift X, we stay adhered to the tracks. We are so tightly superglued our our train to the tracks that the 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 going's kind of slow. It's kind of hard. A locomotive, it does, it, it's, it's not really optimal to be to be super glued to the to the tracks because it's sort of it's it's very uh, what's the term like honey is very t- uh, 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 viscous. Is is glue viscous or is glue very not viscous? How how does what what's the deal with glue viscosity? I can't remember exactly, but the point is that at Alt Shift X we stick to the point. We are efficient. So that everyone can avoid having to read anything. Uh, Jim suggests that uh, Jacken didn't escape because he'd have to kill Biter and Rorge. And if he did that, yeah, the gift is he doesn't want to kill non-specifically. Yeah, look, the whole ideology of the Faceless Men is a bit vague, isn't it? Um, So let's not overthink it. Um... All right. Viscous is thickness, Smash Davo points out. Is that thick with two Cs? Is that the same thing? You could spell viscous with two Cs. Well, all right. We, we are a viscous show, but we'll, we, we, will, we will roll on. Um, so, uh, so the Night's Watch recruits are a motley fucking crew. Uh, the watch needs good men, Yorin says, but you lot will have to do. See, he's a bit of a fucking jokester, Yorin. He's a bit, he comes off as a bit sour, but he likes to have a little, uh-huh, you know, a bit of a, oh yeah, oh, you'll, you know, he's a jokester. He's a good bloke. He, he's got a heart of gold. Yor, Yorin is actually a top bloke, I think. Uh, anyway, um, uh, all right, so, uh, Lumpyhead, uh, Lommy, Hot Pie, they're not, oh, we've got a food description, guys, uh, so there are some wagons with, like, stuff in them that we're taking to the wall, and it includes, uh, cloth, uh, and, and paper and ink, but it also includes ravens, you can eat those, it includes pig iron, bacon is food, and it includes sour leaf and spices, all of those things are technically things that you can eat so therefore that's another food description we've got our required one food description per chapter george martin never passes up an opportunity for a feast literary or otherwise 
Um, and so uh, we get the origin stories of Hot Pie and Lommy, which is cool. Um, so Hot Pie got his name because his mother was a baker and Hot Pie had to go around saying Hot Pies, Hot Pies all day. And that's why Hot Pie is called Hot Pie. Um, so it's like the Pokemon thing, like our Pokemons can only say their own name. That's why Hot Pie just says Hot Pie, Hot Pie. Well, well I, suppose, I suppose by that logic, actually, given that, given that I... Uh, has to isn't is Lana another name for Aya? Lana? Is that I think Lana is is the name that Aya takes when she goes and does the cockles and the clams because Aya walks around going cockles and clams and, and oysters. There you go, hairless oyster. Aya shouts shouts about um, that. So by the same logic, I suppose Aya's name should be cockles and and clams. Is 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 what I'm trying to say? I think. Welcome to the live stream, KG Jones Five. Um, that's that's a hard name to say. Uh, and so, uh, Hot Pie is a Pokemon is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and we also get the background of Lommy. So Lommy was the, uh, apprentice of a dyer, uh, D-Y-E-R, someone who dyes clothes. Oh, not just clothes, I suppose. If you had anything that you wanted to dye, I'm sure the dyer would do it. Um, what are, what are some other things that you'd like to die it sounds like an assassin uh, but 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 lomi uh worked with the dyer and so uh his arms were were stained green up to the elbows because of all the green dye that he had to work with which which can't be healthy can it cuz cuz like back in the day there's this whole fascinating history of uh, how dyes were made in like medieval times uh they had to get dye out of like wacky shit like like egg yolks and like lead and like very rare iridescent beetles and things like it was hard to get colors and sometimes you'd find a color and you're like holy shit mate i've never seen that color before it was like shiny Pokemons. You're like, whoa, that that particular shade of beige is something I've never... S- whoa. Because God, when he made the world, painted with a fairly limited palette. He was big on blues, uh, enthusiastic about greens, lots of browns, lots of blacks. Um, but, but, but some of the sort of, you know, the, the sort of purples and the sort of, sort of those yellowy greens, they don't come up in nature so much. So like there was this really exciting time. They called them color hunters. They were these like adventurers who lived, uh, my, my uncle was a color hunter. He got on a ship, uh, with a bunch of botanists and naturalists, natural scientists, they called them. And they went off on these voyages because this rich aristocrat would say, you know, I had a dream of a color that was somewhere between orange and turquoise and and I will pay 1 million Dutch crowns if you can bring me that color an object of that color so I can see and I can die and I can materialize this dreamed color that I've imagined uh and so my uncle the color hunter his name was um uh uh Jorge uh Jorge Went out, went out on this voyage with with all these amazing scientists, um, and they went to the Galapagos Islands, and they went to the Horn of Africa, and they went through the canal, uh, the Suez one. They dug the Suez Canal. Actually, it, th- there were real Renaissance men and women who who were on that voyage, um, and so Jorge. Uh, he, 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 he found that there was actually a very rare kind of oyster where if you, 
if you ask nicely, uh, it'll open up and you can grab the pearl. And then if you grind down the pearl uh, on 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 a midnight on a Tuesday uh, with the blood of a virgin frog, uh, you can you can actually for a brief moment emit a, a, a gas, a vapor of a sort of a orangey turquoise color. Um, and half the crew went mad when they saw it. Uh, this was a highly like religious, spiritual, mind-blowing experience to see this 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 mysterious unknown color. Um, and they had nothing to bring back to the aristocrat. They could find no physical, lasting evidence of that color. Um, and so my uncle went mad. Um, and to his last day, Jorge was gibbering. Um, Jorge, the great color hunter, spoke of his uh, the 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 wonders and the terrors of turquoise. Ur- he called the color. <clears throat> R.I.P. Jorge. So, um, so Aya is dealing with hot pie and lomi, um, and uh, they're trying to get her sword. They've noticed that uh, she has the sword needle given to her by Jon Snow, and they're like, "Where'd you fucking steal that sword, mate?" Um, and uh, and hot pie's getting up in her grill and saying, "Where'd you get your bloody sword, lumpy face?" And then Lomi's like, "God damn it, hot pie! It's lumpy head, not lumpy face. Get it right." <coughs> so this is how we learn that 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 Lomi is a stickler. Lomi likes to be consistent with the rules and the terms. Uh, he 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 doesn't want to wish wash around lumpy head, lumpy face. He wants to choose, attack, and stick to it. He believes in bullying that's consistent. He, he, look, Lomi has studied bullying. Lomi grew up on the mean streets of uh, what's it called? G- fucking Gene Alley. What, what's the name of the street? I can't. The the the, the bottom Browns. The term for the alley or whatever. Lomi came from the mean streets, right? He knows what it's like, and he believes that he's he's like uh, yeah. They're, they're, oh, there's this really amazing rapper called Max Normal. You should all look up Max Normal, who in a previous life was. Look, just that, go and look up the documentary about Watkin Tudor Jones and be prepared to have... Yeah, Flea Bottom, that's, that's what I meant. Thank you, Victorious and Reggae. Uh, go, go and look up Watkin Tudor Jones. Watch the documentary about him on YouTube. Uh, but, 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 but he had a character called Max Normal who gave these... Uh, he he did these rap shows, these hip hop shows, where he performed in Johannesburg in 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 South Africa, and and his his shtick was that he did it as like a corporate inspirational PowerPoint presentation, where like he'd go to this rap show as a performer, and he'd be dressed in a suit and tie, and he'd be dressed up as like this stiff corporate type, and he'd stand in front of a projector, and he'd do like he'd rap as a as a PowerPoint presentation, as like an inspirational corporate amazing amazing shit um and i like to think of lomi as taking that same approach to bullying he's taking a a structured organized approach to bullying and so he's going look i've studied bullying i've got the data i've got the pie charts i believe in the synergetics of of of, of the three-step program of the pyramid and this is how you apply accurate bullying and and the important thing about bullying lomi says is consistency. You gotta, you gotta find a weak point and you gotta hammer it, hammer it home with precision, right? That's what Lomi says, and so that's why we need to call Aya Lumpy Head, not Lumpy Face. You don't want to waver. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to. Not. Not. You, you, that's how you do it. Pie charts, indeed. Yes. Good point, Reggae. Uh, keep it consistent, Rachel. That's right. 
you guys are playing bingo, I see. First bingo gets a shifty point. Um, we're, we're going to start a currency. Everyone's all about cryptos now, right? I think we should start a shifty coin. Um, it's going to be great. <clears throat> Except, except the, except the, except the unique selling point of uh, of of the Swift coin is going to be that uh, unique amongst all cryptocurrencies, it it cannot be exchanged for goods or services. Um, is the important thing, and and it's tied only to its own value. I'm not going to say fucking, and no, that doesn't count. Anyway, stuck to the tracks. <clears throat> God, this hurts my voice. Um. Uh, so, um, Lomi wants to be consistent in his bullying. Uh, so, uh, so, 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 so he's sort of a, he's a lawful evil character. I think Lomi is like, 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 like his goal is to hurt people, but he wants to do it in an organized way. And that surely is the definition of lawful evil on the sort of D and D alignment chart. Um, and, 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 uh, hot pie, you could say is the same because, because hot pie, he breaks out the old logic uh, logic book, and he says, "Well, here's a syllogism for you. Here's a Socratic syllogism. Um, I think that if we p- premise one, if we assume that Arya stole this sword from someone else, and then premise two, uh, let's assume that Arya. Well, no, let's assume that uh, anyone who steals an object has no rightful claim." to that object. Uh, and then conclusion of the syllogism is, uh, therefore, Aya has no claim on the sword, and we might as well bloody take it. So Hot Pie is, is proffering a perfectly logical, sound, rational argument to determine why uh, why Aya should relinquish her sword to Hot Pie. These are very organized, logical bullies, Alomi and Hot Pie, I think. Um, and uh, and Aya's response... <laughs> His response to this perfectly reasonable logical request uh, is is not to hand over the sword. Uh, spoiler, um, but but they're still coming at her, uh, and and Aya is thinking, man, you know, I could kill you because I feel empowered by killing. Aya does, um, and uh, and uh, she and she would kill Hot Pie. She thinks. Um, I'll kill you if you don't leave me alone, she thinks, but she doesn't dare to kill Hot Pie because if Yorin finds out about Arya killing the stable boy last book, uh, then, uh, then she was afraid what Yorin would do. The reason why Arya doesn't want to kill people, or the reason why Arya doesn't want Yorin to know about the stable boy is because Arya is afraid of what, uh, Yorin might do. There's, there's this psychology thing. There was this guy called Kohlberg, who had these 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 stages of moral development, and he said that there were like three stages that people go through as they're going as they're growing up, uh, different ways that they look at morality. So, like when you're a kid, when you're really young, you just think of morality in terms of self interest and avoiding punishment. You'll just do whatever you can get away with. You'll steal cookies out of the cookie jar if you think you can get away with it. That's all that really matters to you. Um, and then the next stage is when you start to realize, okay, there's actually like rules. <clears throat> there's actually like laws and things that determine like what the rules are. And, 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 and there's like a social structure and you want to conform and you want to fit in with what everyone believes the rules are. Um, uh, and, and, and that's the second stage. Uh, and then the third and final stage of moral development is realizing, oh, hang on a minute. 
the, 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 the rules are actually there for like a reason. It, it's, it's an agreement that we all make as a society. Everyone in society agrees, okay, we'll all stop being cunts all the time and we'll follow these agreed common rules in order that we can all get along better and it benefits everyone to all agree to these rules. Uh, ethics, universality, human rights, those are all ideas that arise in this third level of moral development. Um, I would argue that, that, that hot pie is in this second level of moral development where, where he's interested in laws and rules. Because Hot Pie talks about how, well, if, you know, he has his syllogism, if Arya stole the sword, she has n- no right to the sword, therefore we should take it. That, 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 that's a sort of, like, legalistic, rule-based view of morality. Whereas Arya thinks about morality in terms of, I don't want to kill Hot Pie because I'm afraid that Yorin will be mad at me. Arya fears punishment but she's not interested in 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 laws and rules or in any kind of social contract or anything she's about punishment to her so hot pie is more morally developed than Aya is Aya has a simplistic notion of morality and that's why that's why it's fucked up that Aya gets all these powers these faceless men abilities to kill and destroy and to judge dread i am the law and yet Aya has no concept of the law right Spooderman said that that great power has great responsibilities, and yet Aya has all the power and none of the responsibilities, and that's I think why Aya is so dangerous and so terrifying. She doesn't have like a hot like like you can criticize the whole like Westerosi concept of honor all you like. There's a lot to criticize about like the whole sort of like masculine honor thing, but um. At least it's something. At least there's some kind of thought of like do, doing the right thing. Aya does not have a whole lot of that. Um, I mean, well, I, you know, I, I guess you can pull up other examples. Like Aya does talk about how, like, you know, Jamie deserves to be punished for you know killing and and, and Sandor and stuff. So it, it's questionable. But like, um, yeah, it, morals complicated. Next page. Uh, KJ Jones says that Arya is the Beyonce of A Song of Ice and Fire. She ain't gonna give up. She ain't gonna stop. She gonna work harder. Damn straight. Um, alright. Uh, yeah, Brandon suggests that, uh, Arya's ordeal might have skewed her development. Yes. Yes, we are uh, dealing with a nine-year-old who's gone through some rough shit. If anything's gonna whack out your sense of morality, yeah, she can hardly be blamed, I suppose. Um, and Hale's Oyster reminds us that the five-year gap was originally planned by George Martin. Aya was going to age five years in between the fourth and fifth, third or fourth books, um, which maybe would have given her more time to um, work some of this shit out. Anyway, um, so... <clears throat> oh, my voice. Uh, so lo- uh, Aya thinks about how she cried in her sleep uh, dreaming of her father last night. Um, and, and when she woke up, she could not have shed another tear if she tried. Um, so I is traumatized. I is hurt by the things that she's gone through. And we know that she's going to go through many more terrible things in the next four books. Um, Aya suffers a great deal. Uh, if this was Westworld, it would make her conscious. Uh, but I think Aya is already <laughs> plenty conscious. Uh, and her suffering is really tragic and fucked up. Uh, which goes without saying. The bull, Gendry, bastard of Robert Baratheon, is also here. He's named the bull by Lommy. Lommy is distributing the nicknames here. 
um, which which he, he seems all right at it. Um, and Gendry's called the bull because he has a helmet with horns uh, that he made and wears. Um, George Martin loves his 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 animal head shaped helms, what with the hound and with fucking Flemont Brax. Um, but anyway, so uh, uh, oh, and Hot Pie goes on about how Hot Pie claims to have killed a man by kicking him in the balls and keep kicking him there until he was dead, uh, and his balls broke open. Uh, and and I think I think that's how the faceless men do it. The really uh, uh, the really efficient assassin. That's, that's sort of if 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 Swift was an assassin. That might, because efficiency. Anyway, uh, so uh, so Aya uh, is forced to defend herself and her sword by Lomi and Hot Pie, and she ends up beating the shit out of Hot Pie. Literally, literally beating the shit out of Hot Pie, in fact, uh, by hitting him over and over with her wooden practice sword um, until he's bleeding and and crying and muddy, and, he, and he's just an absolute mess. Um, she, she uses her water dancer training that she learned from Sirio Pharrell and she beats the shit out of Hot Pie. Um, so, so Aya is definitely misusing her, her power here, I would say. She keeps on beating Hot Pie until Yorin grabs her and stops her. You want to kill the fool, he, he says. So, so Aya's giving a very serious beating to this, to this boy who's, who's, you know, of course, like a, like a bit of a dickhead. Um, but surely doesn't deserve to be beaten to death. Uh, yes, Firmus, he shit himself. You could say that that Hot Pie was not very firm internally, and that's ew. All right. Um. So. Uh. So everyone's looking at Arya uh, in in awe of her just beating the shit out of this person. Um. And uh, and obviously this is the complete opposite of what Aya should be doing. She's trying to keep a low profile. She's trying to pretend to be a boy. Uh, she's trying to stay inconspicuous so that she can make it to Winterfell without trouble. Uh, so it's pretty dumb of her to draw attention like this. Uh, and Yorin pulls her out to the woods and says, You fucking idiot. That was so dumb. Uh, and, then, and then Yorin punishes Aya by telling her to unlace her breeches and pull them down. And then Yorin hits Aya with a piece of wood on the thighs and bum. Uh, which, which I think's weird. Spanking as a punishment is, is with kids is, is weird, I think. Is that just me? I think it's weird. Uh, he, 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 sp- he hits her until she bleeds and cries. And that, you know, it's... I mean, is that entirely necessary? I mean, I mean you're in... Yorin might be a good bloke in some respects. He's not so good at parenting. I mean, I suppose it was never in the job description when Yorin signed up to be a, a recruiter for the Night's Watch. Um, but, you know, you'd, you'd think that a, a good, you know, heart-to-heart conversation might have been a more effective way to help Arya out here rather than, you know, corporal punishment, um, which is a bit new-fashioned of me, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, what, remember that bit in in John's arc where John talks to um, who's who's the one armed armorer? <laughs> Wait, is he a one armed armorer? Oh, who, who's the guy? What, what's his name again? The the guy at the Night's Watch who has one arm. Oh, he's the cook with one arm, isn't he? Who who's the bloke at the Night's Watch who who has that heart to heart conversation with John early on, saying like, "Don't be so proud. Don't be a dickhead." Um, don't, don't be high, high and mighty over everyone else, John, just because you're, Donald Noy, that's right, Oyster and Brandon, yeah, Donald Noy has this really great conversation with John just saying, 
mate, you know, don't be a dick. Just, just, you know, be, be the better man, be responsible, be in control of yourself. That, that's exactly the talk that Aya needs right here, right? She, she needs an adult who's going to, to treat her with some degree of respect and, and, and who's going to challenge her and encourage her to, to, to man up for one of a better term and, and, and to, and to, and to grow and be a better person. Um, but unfortunately, instead, all Arya has is Yorin, and and the way Yorin responds is is by beating Arya, um, which is not only unnecessarily it, it's 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 you, you can see how Arya's experiences have changed her. Maybe if Arya got that sort of good guidance, she she might have grown into someone healthier. Uh, so yeah, I, I I promised a less dark chapter, but it's it's still pretty sad. Uh, and so Arya's getting beaten, and she thinks, I'm a Stark of Winterfell, dire wolves don't cry. Uh, so as she does throughout the chapter, um, Arya draws strength from being a Stark of Winterfell, and that's a connection that never goes away, even at the Faceless Man. She draws strength from her identity as a Stark of Winterfell. That's like the nugget of like 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 real identity that, that stays inside deep within while the rest is stripped away and, and all of this... All of this, you know, Harry, Harry, lumpy head, lumpy face, Lana. It, deep down, she still thinks of herself as Arya Stark, and in the show, she sort of returns to that identity. Chernobyl uh, Lime asks, uh, "What are these streams about?" Uh, well, this stream is a very um, what? What is this stream? This this is a show where we summarize uh, the second book of a Game of Thrones, A Clash of Kings, and we. Uh, and we 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 sort of sprinkle in a, a little bit of commentary and uh and you know but the main thing is we 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 avoid literacy at all costs no nah, that's all right uh and so next page uh so aya is getting hurt and she thinks about uh how the night's watch are not her brothers and she doesn't feel connected to them uh but she doesn't she doesn't express her feelings of 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 alienation and loneliness. Uh, she she because she thinks it's better not to speak out. So Aya here is internalizing her feelings. She's got no one to sort of talk to about how she's feeling, and that I think just contributes to her sort of dark, unpleasant path. Uh, so this is a this is this this chapter really does set all the groundwork for all of Aya's uh, tragic character development. Um, and, uh, Yorin gives Aya a piece of information that she didn't know. She says, he says, Yorin says, that the execution of Ned Stark was not the original plan. The execution of Ned Stark was a cock-up of some description. Um, the original plan was that Eddard was meant to go and take the Black. He was meant to go join the Night's Watch and to go there with Yorin. Uh, but... Uh, it, something went queer, Yorin says, uh, because Joffrey ended up getting Eddard executed. Um, so it seems as though the original plan, like, we don't know exactly, I, I think it was, I think it was Varys and Cersei and, and those sorts of people, mostly Varys who organized it, I, I think, who was, who was planning to send, uh, Ned to the Night's Watch. And, and you could speculate, um, you could speculate that if, the plan went ahead for Ned to be sent to the Night's Watch. Varys might have uh, grabbed Ned, intercepted him from the Night's Watch, a bit like Bittersteel, and taken him east. Um, 
because Varys might have seen Ned as a useful person to keep in your pocket. You, j- just like how Varys quietly scoops up Barriss and Selmy uh, and quietly grab, grabs Tyrek Lannister um, and, all the, and, and, and all these people who he just sort of quietly puts in his pocket for later use with his Targaryen plans. I, I, I wonder if maybe Ned Stark could have been another one of those people. Um, or if he really would have been let to Castle Black, who knows? Uh, and then, and then Yorin, after beating Arya, uh, offers her some sour leaf uh, and says that if you choose some, it'll help with the pain of the beating that she just had. Which seems uh, why 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 inflict pain only to offer healing? Like I don't I don't get corp. Well, no, I do, but well, just don't. Um, here's a here's a tangent. Recreational drugs. Where are the recreational drugs in? In in Westeros, what do, what do people smoke when they want to have a nice time? There is sour leaf, but like there's little. Uh, well, there is shade of the evening that Euron's drinking and the warlocks are drinking, and it seems pretty kind of trippy, I guess. Um, and there is uh, like milk of the poppy, like an opioid, which like the mountain abuses, but like that's like a pain relief thing. Um, y- y- I think you do have to wonder about about Jojen Reed. And his green dreams, you know, a bit of that, a bit of that neck swamp cush, the the old, you know, the reed weed for for four twenty, how some or something. But they don't, they don't. Oh yeah, well yeah, there's certainly alcohol. Every yeah, I, I, King's Landing runs more on on Hippocrates than on than on water, from what anyone can tell. Um, uh, so there's a lot of alcohol, but yeah, not a not a heap of drugs and and yet George Martin George Martin was was of the hippie era wasn't he and and and, and he has like some of his other novels have like sort of psychedelic elements don't they so I don't know it's 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 curious the role of uh drugs in Game of Thrones um uh, Sourleaf I think is meant to be like chewing tobacco Rachel um but yeah I'm not sure um Sweet sleep, Cardinal Doomsday points out. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I, I think most of the drugs tend to be medicinal in Westeros. Um, yeah, oh yeah, the, the Arons, as high as honor. Don't tell me they haven't got something growing up in those fucking mountains. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, so uh, so Arya, um, Arya has a conversation with Gendry the bull, um, and, and Aya is sort of non-responsive to Gendry because it seems safer not to talk to anyone. So tragically, at a time when Aya really needs to reach out to people, uh, she feels that she can't connect because she, she feels threatened and, and, and so she doesn't, she doesn't, I, I mean, I mean, later on, Aya, Aya is pretty successful at, 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 at building relationships with people like, like, you know, Hot Pie, who she, just, who she just beat to within an inch of his life, later becomes an ally of sorts. For Arya and you know Sandor and you know Arya does make unlikely allies in unlikely places, um, but but none of them seem to last. Is is the tragedy? Like Arya does make an effort to try to connect with people, but 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 they but she has this line later on about how you know she tried to build a pack, people who she could trust, but they all left her. You know Gendry leaves her, everyone leaves her in the end. Um, and, 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 you know, the brotherhood without banners promise to take her to her mother, but they don't. And like all this, everyone always seems to fuck her over. And I think all of those betrayals that she suffers just makes her even more hardened and, and, and dark and, and sad and internalized. Welcome space potato. 
Um, <laughs> you gotta you gotta break your friends down before you can build them up. Hell, as Oyster says, it's like an initiation thing. It's like those American colleges. You know, you, how can you know that you can trust someone unless you can force them to chug like week old eggnog that's been stewing in the trunk of your ute for the last eight weeks? How how can you know that someone has your back? until you've looked him in the eyes while he's had a watermelon inserted in. Like, he, he, that, that, that's a real bonding experience, right? Like, the problem with modern society is that we don't have any, like, like that we have no barbarians to, to fight against together, which, of course, you know, it's good that we don't have to, no one has to die. Like, you know, as it turns out, the barbarians were, you know, people as well. Um, you, you know where the word bar, bar, barbarian comes from? It's because uh, the Romans were like, those stupid barbarians across the fence, their language is so dumb. They just go bar, bar, bar. Such a stu- and that's why we have barbarians. Well, that's what horrible history has told me. But uh, what's the point? The point is that Aya is, is, is really having a hard time. And she looks back and she sits back on a thin blanket on the hard ground uh, and she stares up at the Great Red Comet. Uh, I, I love how at the start of A Clash of Kings, all the different people from all the different... <laughs> where, where the hell does one insert a watermelon, Edvar asks. Uh, yeah, best not to think about it. But I love how at the start of Clash, everyone's looking up at, at, at this Great Red Comet and everyone interprets it in a different way. So so Gendry says that he looks up at the Red Comet and he, see, he sees it as a sword, a red-hot sword, fresh out of the forge because Gendry is, is a smith. Uh, and Aya looks up at the Red Comet and she sees Ice, her father's great sword, red with her father's blood. And, and you know, and, 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 and Solis uh, and, and, and Melisandre look at it as like an omen of, of Stannis', Stannis victory, as Azora High. And, and, you know, Crescent thinks of it as an omen that, that is positive for his attempted assassination of Melisandre. Everyone, everyone looks at this comet and sees a different thing, uh, which... I think is what art is, just just by the way. Art, the purpose of art is not to like tell you a message. Um like like when like when like sometimes when someone tries to interpret literature, um, and then someone else is like, well that interpretation is dumb because that's not what the author intended. But that's not the point. The point of art is not to have a correct interpretation. If if the point of art was to have a correct interpretation, the author wouldn't write the work of art. The author would just write, here's the correct interpretation. The green light in Gatsby is an alien spaceship or, you know, fucking whatever. Like, the point of art is that it's a thing that you look at and you and, and by your relationship to it and by your experience of it, you draw conclusions from that two-way relationship and from that discursive connection and, and, and by thinking in a it, 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 it it's through that fluid vague wibbly wobbly timey wimey relationship that you it, gain the meaning of art right art art is like living a different life or experiencing a different life to draw from it what you will it's not it's not it's not an answer it's a question I, this this sounds like the ramblings of of Someone unqualified, and it might be, but like I, I can't express this. I'm sure there's someone who can express this better than I can. But I think that's the point of art. How how postmodern of you, Swift? Yeah, you got me, Hadas. <laughs> yeah, I I know, but hey, it's 2018. What what you gonna do? Hairless Oyster says that it's a sky vagina. See, Hairless Oyster looks up at the comet and he sees a sky vagina. Maybe when we stare into art, when we stare into the void, the reflection that we see is our own. See, maybe. 
Space Potato suggests a, a, a Swifty art interpretation series. That would actually go off. If, if we just took like uh, an old painting or an old poem and we just had like a Swifty response to the painting and we read up on a bit of the history of it maybe, I reckon that would actually be fucking banging. So I think we should do that sometime. If, so, if someone wants to tweet... Uh, if someone wants to tweet like cool shit to do like a Swift, uh, are we going to call it reacts? The word reacts has become tainted on YouTube. Um, anyway, art's a thing. We don't know anything about it, but we, we try. That's the moral of the story. Uh, and Aya sits and sleeps in this last paragraph and she dreams of home. She dreams of Rob and Bran and Rickon and her mother. She, 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 she longs to see her family again. And most of all, she hopes to see Jon Snow, her, her half-brother Jon Snow, who she loves. She wants Jon Snow to call her little sister and to muss her hair and to say, I missed you at the same time, at the same moment. She wants that more than anything. And, uh, and... And there is sort of a weird vibe to that. Like, in some ways, I sort of wish I didn't see uh, the um, the the that that 1993 draft of Game of Thrones, where there was originally a plan for a romantic love triangle between Arya, Jon, and Tyrion. Kind of wish I never saw that because the Arya Jon relationship is one of the sweetest, nicest relationships uh, in the series, I think. Um, and we we can only. Hope and pray that one day uh, John and Arya will reunite, um, and and maybe some of those lessons that Arya missed out on uh, in her hard trials in Westeros, maybe John can pass on some of some of the things that he learned, and maybe John can be a mentor to Arya, and I'm sure Arya can be a mentor um, to John as well, because Arya might be missing a few points in her morality skill tree, but she sure knows how to stick things with the fucking pointy end, eh? All right, so let's end it there. Thank you so much for participating in this live stream. I hope you had a good time. I know I did. Um, I think we're trying to evolve and improve Alt Shift X in a few ways. Uh, I'd, 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 I'd quite like to put together a... Um, I'd like to put together a playlist of, like, Alt Shift X highlights good bits, best bits, I'm sure there are some, I'll admit. There's there's a lot to, to, to troll through before you find the good bits. Uh, but but if, if anyone can, like, clip, like, a good bit, a funny bit, a bit that you enjoyed out of an Ultrift X episode, uh, and if you can upload it as a YouTube video, um, that would be really awesome. I'll give you a whole bunch of Swift coins uh, if you can make a video clip of a bit that you liked, and if you link it to me on Twitter... And then we'll make a YouTube playlist of, of some of the best bits. That that would be great. I'd appreciate that. Um, apparently, there's a list. See, I don't, I don't see these things because Alt Shift X got exiled from Facebook for just being too edgy. Um, but that's all right. Um, uh, I want st- I wish. I wish there was a way we could give out some fucking prizes as well. I want to give out Swift coins. I want to give out gold stars. Um, uh, Natan Diskin makes a kind donation and says that old uh, art art Swift X, that's good, mate. Art Swift X. I'm always trying to think of the names. I mean, all, I mean the names. The names are kind of terrible because 
Alt Swift X is the most impossible to pronounce or spell thing. And it's terrible for like discovery and SEO and all those things that the YouTube wankers talk about. I mean, if nerds who read books are bad, you should check out the fucking YouTube optimization wankers. Cannot stand them. Um, but, but yes, Art Swift X. I, th- I think we should make that channel Art Swift X. And I think we should make some um some some videos uh tweet me some some or or reddit reddit's kind of good because you can upvote and downvote uh but but yeah but let, 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 let's do that well actually it honestly it would probably make sense to just make it as a playlist on the old swift x uh youtube channel because uh there's a there's a point at which uh, a person has too many youtube channels <laughs> you compulsive youtube channel creation is a, is a serious problem um so maybe we'll just make it as a playlist um, d- did Martin like his troll? Stephanie asks. I, I don't know what any of those words mean. Uh, but I'm sure someone will work it out. Um, art shit X. <laughs> yeah, that could work. Uh, all right. Uh, and, oh, and yeah, finally. So, so yeah. So a, a podcast format would be good for for Alt Swift X, right? Um, the, the YouTube thing works, but, but, but it's cumbersome in some situations. So a lot of people have requested Alt Shift X to be released as a podcast. So I think we'll do that. Um, uh, except, 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 you know, you, you, you know me, uh, I, I'm an aged man. I, I don't really know technology. Uh, how should, how should we set up this podcast? We need a podcast host. There's a lot of different places you can host a podcast. Um, uh, you can host, oh, uh, Squarespace is one place where you can host podcasts. All right, here's the question. Can anyone think of any compelling reasons to not host the old Shift X podcast with Squarespace? That's the question. If any, if, cause like there's all these like technical requirements that I, that I don't want to have to read about. If someone can come up with a really good reason why I shouldn't use Squarespace to host old Shift X, uh, and then obviously it would be available on iTunes and, and everywhere else. Um, but specifically for hosting, is, any, is there anything wrong with, wrong with Squarespace? If Squarespace is bad, I suppose we'll just use SoundCloud or, or, or one of those. Um, but, but yeah, if anyone is really smart about podcasts, uh, uh, please tweet me. Um, uh, and, and, yeah, I think that concludes the business of the day. Uh, so Aya is beginning her journey, her transformation from from a from a nice optimistic kid into a uh into a morally stunted uh traumatized assassin girl um and alt swift x the the cockabridged is is beginning its journey its transformation from whatever the fuck we are now um from whatever the fuck we will become uh Hairless Oyster says he doesn't like Twitch. Yeah, Twitch, Twitch. I don't know about Twitch. Well, YouTube, Twitch, platforms, they're tricky. I feel like we also need, like, I, we, we could change up the platforms that the Swifty community uses. Like, the Swifty Squad has has a wonderful Facebook group that you should all check out. Um, but Facebook is sort of not ideal in certain ways, not least of which because old Swiftex himself uh, can't seem to stay in there. Um, but, uh, so yeah, like there's Reddit, but I don't know, Reddit's a bit sort of impersonal and, and, and fucking nerdy. Um, I don't know if, if anyone's got any great suggestions for other places to, um, to, I don't know, we'll work it out. Uh, put your suggestions in, in the boxes and, and put, put your, 
vitamins and and have a exercise and and uh, have a good time. Thank you for participating. Have a great week uh, and cheers.